Welcome to the New Wave Entrepreneur, where we dive headfirst into Web 3.0, personal sovereignty, spirituality, and psychology. These conversations are unfiltered access to brilliant minds and actionable advice that will prepare you for the rapidly changing world. So jump in. The water is warm and the tide is rising. Ah, my friends, welcome back to another episode of The New Wave Entrepreneur. This is Daniel DiPiazza checking in with you here. And today we are talking to my friend Chase Tucker. Chase is, uh, he's a coach. He's a well-known coach who has really uh, grown his, I guess, his following through one of the most popular fitness movements on the planet, Peloton. And Peloton rose to even more prominence uh, during the pandemic, during COVID, because of the fact that everyone was indoors. And I think that that actually, um, just speaking from actually my own experience in the market, grew a lot of awareness around the home fitness uh, industry. And Peloton was part of that wave. Uh, Chase is, um, what, I, what I love about him is that he has worked with so many clients uh, as a trainer in, in person and then as a a trainer at scale, someone who has now trained, you know, probably thousands, potentially tens of thousands of people just through doing live trainings on the Peloton app. Uh, he's one of the familiar faces you'll see in their programs, and he has a vast amount of experience uh, working with people. I, I personally think that doing this type of work develops a ton of um, not only business IQ, but emotional uh, EQ, emotional intelligence. And it helps you to connect with other people and learn how to correctly market to them when you're really in the trenches working with them. And of course, uh, talking about permissionless business, uh, working inside of a business that is part of the the tech wave of uh, of this time in our culture is relevant. You know, you talk about um, looking at companies that are succeeding because of the new wave. Peloton is a great example. So it's really fascinating to hear what some of the inside conversations in companies like this are. Um, and so that's what I encourage you to listen for. Take your own notes with today's conversation. I think you're really going to enjoy it. If you are a new listener, make sure you are subscribing to this podcast on whatever platform you're listening to it on, whether that's iTunes, Spotify, or anything in between. And make sure you're checking out newwaveentrepreneur.com to get updates on the show, to get a list of all the shows that we've hosted so far. And, uh, and also check out all the workshops that we're doing. The next workshop we're hosting is called the Peak Performance Workshop. It's March 4th and 5th. It's all about helping busy people get more done, stop making excuses, and start to really level up in life. We're going to talk about building good habits and destroying bad ones. We're going to talk about elevating the amount of things you're getting done in a day and doing the things that matter the most. We're going to talk about moving to the top of your field, and it's going to be uh, something that you can attend live if you want to get that live training in, or you can watch the streaming version of it. We're only selling 100 tickets of this on purpose. We're purposely looking to hit capacity. Why? Because I want to create a tight community here of people who are doing these workshops together. So far, we've had uh, two workshops or three workshops now. Um, the last two we're on Web3, crypto, and then, of course, personal finance. And now this is all about peak performance. So if this is you, if you are a busy person looking to get more done in 2022 than you've ever gotten done in your whole life, check out newwaveentrepreneur.com forward slash VIP. Uh, we're opening up early bird tickets now. Early bird tickets not only get $100 off, but also get a buddy pass to bring a trusted friend or family member. So check that out. And now let's head into the show with Chase Tucker.
Chase Tucker, what's up? Cool. How are you doing? What's up, man? What's good? Um, I'm, I'm blessed. I'm doing well. I'm feeling great. I'm healthy. I'm alive. Can't complain. Thank you so much for having me on this. In the last two years, saying I'm alive is, uh, <laughs> you know, it's a really it is different. We're going to loosen up mask mandates here in Oregon, and it just makes me yeah. uh, think about the, uh, the the mental change that I've gone through over the past couple of years and some of the anxiety that's been created just from having the rules change back and forth. Have you have you felt right. any of that? Have you have you felt in New York? I'm not sure you got right now. Have I felt with with like the the mask mandates and stuff? You mean? Yeah, like has it, it it created a bit of anxiety with me, you know. And now I'm kind of yeah. I'm over it now, but for a while it did. Yeah, yeah. You know what, man? I'm I told this to a friend lately, um, recently who asked me. They live in Miami. They live in Florida. Like, hey, how's everything going up there? Like with New York, like you know, what's the mandate and like how's it all? How's it feel? I'm like, dude, honestly, I'm I'm the worst person to ask because. I honestly don't leave unless I'm like leaving the city or like, you know, the off chance that I'm like meeting up with some friends, like one every other weekend or even fewer in between. Maybe I really just, I'm in my apartment. I don't leave unless it's to grab food or go to work, but it's, but it's not even because of like, Oh, I feel like I have to. It's because I'm like, I'm just so locked in. I've never been more locked in on like on my goals and just being in, in deep work. And my home has never been, it's never been more of a, the dojo that it is now. Like I, I work from here. I sleep from here. I train oh, yeah. from here. I, I socialize digitally, you know, from here. Like I do, I do it all from here. Like this is, and uh, I think pandemic, I used pandemic, like a lot of people I would imagine, I used pandemic to kind of like unlock this, this version of myself who was just super cool, just being in one place and getting, doing everything from here. And I was already like, I was already, not that I was like an anti-social or anything like that, but you know, I was already more of like a loner introvert who likes spending time thinking and is like pondering and being into like that kind of stuff on my own anyway. And so I think pandemic has helped turn that up like to the next level. But anyway, I yeah. Think, so it changed, I think it changed our generation. I think, I think yeah. this, this event has changed the psychology of our generation. I guess that's what I'm trying to get mm-hmm. at. Like, I feel like it's changed the way mm-hmm. we see the world. It's yeah. created new, new rules, spoken and unspoken. You know, yeah. one of them is, yeah, I think that any job that can't be done from uh, location independently is seen as a much yeah. less attractive now. Exactly. It's risk. It's risky. Now yeah, it's risky. You it's know, seen it much more risky. Absolutely. I've also seen that like people are more willing to take less stability from more flexibility in a lot of cases, which is Absolutely. Why a great resignation. Absolutely. And that was that was already the, the case for me. Like I'm just using myself as an example. Like before, like I happened to, like I told you earlier, like I'm in, I'm in a, obviously I work in a corporate setting for, like for my you know main full-time job, but like, this is my first time ever doing that. I'm not, I told myself I would never, I didn't, I'd never saw myself doing this, but it just myself. happened to be like, right. <laughs> I promise myself never I would do this. No, no, no. But it literally, it's like, if it was not this, this was the only way that this could ever happen. But even before this, like my goal was always to be like freedom. It was the ultimate location, freedom, time, freedom, um, financial freedom, freedom in every sense. And so I think that me being a millennial that I, I wasn't too, that's not like too far off from like the norm with like the average, I feel like wants. And then when you take, you know, Gen Z coming up as well, like they want to, they want that stuff even more. Like they realize like it's total, like they're growing up seeing like people literally make millions off YouTube 
and mm-hmm. like I didn't see that, but yet I. <laughs> but my I, mom I is like, "How like do I get? How do I get big on yeah. TikTok?" There are people right. with millions of dollar videos. I'm like, it's not that simple, mom. You can't just do. I mean, it's not that simple. She's like, "I've seen it. I can do it." Yeah. I'm like, "Wow, I've seen it." You're, you're so inspired by this. How old are you? I'm 32. 32. Nice. I'm 33. Yeah, this generation is interesting. Well, I think. Um, yeah, I think that our generation has always wanted. We, we, we've always wanted to have uh, flexibility and we always, we've always wanted to, I feel like, um, to make, make our own rules. Like, for instance, I've noticed that our generation yes. is, a, is a huge traveling generation. A lot of generations yes. before ours didn't travel. And I think that I've seen a lot of, maybe that, a lot of that's just through social media that we've seen all that traveling. But think about like how many of your friends have passports with stamps like crazy. I know I have, you know, yeah. a lot of friends who travel a lot and I travel a lot. And our, our parents before us, my parents didn't get a passport until after I already had one. My grandparents mm. never left the country. It really, you know, that's a, that's a thing with our generation traveling. Um, so I think like flexibility with jobs too. I think, uh, you know, you see even just like the, like the increase in people just freelancing and wanting to uh, take on client work and, you know, do things on the internet, like make content, um, you know, get paid to do videos. Uh, I think that's part of our generation. Even even like the fact that our generation made DoorDash, you know, we don't want to go to the restaurant. We want it to deliver to us. Yeah. Like, right. We want to make things efficient. We don't want to be tied down. Yeah. You know, we want to be able to move quickly. We want, we'll, we're willing to pay a premium to get, make it easier for ourselves. Whenever I go go to my uh, my family's house, I'm always like, just take the bus. The blue line gets here. And then this, this, I'm like, I'm just going to take an Uber. I'm just going to take an Uber. It's faster. <laughs> I know it's, it's, but it's $30 more expensive. I'm like, I don't care. I don't want to stay on the bus. Yes. You yes. Know? Millennials. <laughs> yeah. It's um it's an interesting time, but then again, it's like it's to be expected. Like it's you know, the we're 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 in an age that's driven by everything being made easier by technology. Like the best entrepreneurs are ones who make something mm-hmm. that make life easier for, for people. Mm-hmm. It's just this this is a time that's revealing more and more more than ever, more than the years, you know, prior or the decades and eras prior that like we human nature really is like, you know, a huge part of it is like a lot of least effort. Like what's going to allow me, what's going to allow me to Do we get to a point where, like I've been thinking, like do we get to the point where we stay inside of our house and we don't fucking do anything? We don't leave the house. We don't get out of the Hmm. chair. Do you have an Oculus? Do you have, have you used one? I don't, I'm I don't plan on getting one. I mean, I have one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's okay. I don't use it that much. My dad got it for me. I'm like, I'm not going to fucking use this, but I tried it. I'm like, okay, this is pretty cool. Yeah. But once (laughs) it gets, but I can see once it gets three or four times better, it's going to be hard to move, bro. And the food can come right to you. Everything is there in front Mm -hmm. of you. You know, pandemic version six is running. Maybe you just don't leave. Yeah, man. I, I, I'm weirdly like, it's funny. Cause like right now I'm already, I'm already, I already foresee how like society is going to move towards that. I just have this sense and I'm like already, like I'm already living from the person who's like nostalgic for back in the old days when oh, things weren't tracked. Like the, the, what it comes to mind is I'm like, you ever now. seen like, you ever seen like, you've seen iRobot, mm-hmm. right? Or like uh, like Minority Report, and like there's the scenes where like they, of course, like in the in the day to day, like they're in the city, like everything is like technology, everything's interconnected. But then they find themselves, they inevitably like find themselves. Each of those characters, like Tom Cruise's character, Minority Report, and Will Smith's character, and you know, iRobot, they go to a certain location where it's like off the grid, where it's like yeah. it's analog, it's yeah. it's and it's like they're it's away from time. Yeah, and so. I already have like, am like live nostalgic for like mm-hmm. 
real life. I totally understand. Yeah, you know what I mean. You know what I'm saying? Like, for example, like I, like I, I think how it like how it reveals itself in my day to day life is that, for example, um, I tell people like when I give like them my number and I can tell like they're gonna like want to like communicate with me. I'm like, hey, don't be surprised if you text me on Monday. You don't hear from me until next Monday because that's just like my cadence. Like I don't I don't subscribe to the idea that like just because I have a device that allows me to that like vibrates and like features like, yeah. like in Greek times, like we have, we're wearing togas walking around and this <laughs> is like magical. This device that vibrates and I'm able to somehow like speak Summon. with someone on the other side. Right. Not yeah. a, no, that's not what, that's not the kind of, you know, reality. Maybe that's something they want, they wish for back then, but like, that's not something that I, you know, I, I like, I want to live out my life in the sense of, you know, you know, from, from the, the default being, not being that, but the default being like, no, you could easily, this could easily be a time where you had to write a letter to get to me. And you didn't even necessarily get a response right back. You probably had to like, oh, yeah. like, maybe I got it. I like did some farming, did some stuff. I was like, ah, I should probably oh, yeah. get back to that. I did. I sent it back. And then it took like a week or two to get back to you. And then like, oh, that's yeah. the deep, that's what this could be. That's what this could look like. But instead, like people are so used to like, oh, now, 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 now. And so when I text people, like, I don't expect to hear back from them ever. Like if you like, and so, cause I don't, I don't hold, I don't hold that over anybody it. else. Cause I know that, I know that for myself, I'm just like, you know, I'm not gonna, yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm not letting myself. I purposely am slow so that I don't, yeah. so that I don't train people to think exactly. that I'm fast. Exactly. I train people to, yeah. yeah. I'll intentionally just, train people to understand. And it's what I love about that is it it's, it really, uh, it polarizes people too. And people like, they either get with it or they get lost. Like people, people reveal themselves real quick to be like, like not be able to handle, handle that. And it's like a self-regulating system at that point. It's like, okay, you just proved yourself to be someone I don't really want in my circle anyway. Like, like I don't have, I don't have, you know, I'm not going to. Yeah. So, and then people who are cool, like that they'll stick around. So yeah, just, uh, that's just one way that it kind of like reveals itself in my day-to-day life. Just like me, not really like, I'm, I'm so cool being off grid. And last year, 2021 was the first year that I actually installed like on a regular, consistent, monthly basis, like these off-grid moments That's where cool. it started in 2020, where I had a long story short, like I had 2020. It 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 after with us all, like you know, definitely definitely was a, lo- a a low point for me, and I hit like this bottom point where I had this. I was like spiraling out of control and like I had this kind of accident that kind of forced me to be like okay whoa, whoa you're not doing stuff that's in your best interest you can either you got two options you can either like press pause and figure this out or you keep doing this you're going to self-destruct you're going to you're going to harm yourself not even intend to you're going to self-sabotage you're going to you're going to and so I I let myself kind of pause kind of surrender and be like, okay, I don't know. Okay. I give, I give up trying to control and I almost feel it's, and I didn't hear like a distinctive voice, but I almost felt like in the time, if you had asked me, I, I felt like at the time I heard God say, or like this sense say like seven days, give me seven days and seven nights. And I was like, okay. And so the intention was there. And then as if by magic, like these seven oh. days cleared out on my schedule and I was like, okay, that's it. I'm going to use that. That's going to be my, my first ever self retreat. And so I got away at the time, like I had to stick, I couldn't really go abroad because of like the restrictions travel. So I had to stick to this tri-state area. So I went to Connecticut, New Haven, Connecticut, got an Airbnb for a week. Each day I was in meditation, journaling, prayer, stillness, silence, solitude. And I got really, really just clear. 
And it was so much, such a life-changing week for myself that I realized I can never let myself go more than a month or around that time without giving myself an element of this kind of just isolation, just away from the- Rejuvenation. Yes, rejuvenation, refreshing, um, just replenishing my, all the, Mm -hmm. all the re-ups, you know? Oh, yeah. And so, uh, yeah, that last was the first time that I did that. And so when I, doing that really made me, and so like, yeah. At the end of each month, month I would take like these kind of this extended week weekend retreat and just either do a staycation or get away. But I let myself just be away from technology, communicating with other people, um, and let myself just truly get away and be like, okay, <sighs> almost like that. You ever been like a like a really you know noisy or like just live party, and then you're like you're like you're in it, like yeah yeah, you're having a, you might even be having a good time. Not even necessarily like you have like a bad time or like man, I'm home. but then inevitably. You take a bathroom, you go to the bathroom. Yeah, you walk like, outside. What? Yeah, and you and you close the door behind you and like you can hear like the slight roar of like yeah. the crowd outside. But then it's just yeah. you, it's it's you and your reflection in the mirror. And you like look yeah. at yourself like and like Check for the in. first time you have cl- for the first time you have clarity. It's like, okay, what are we actually doing now? Like, are we is it are we good? Like, do we want to be here? You know, and it's so funny how like that clarity can reveal it. Even if you thought you were having a good time and things were good, you go there and you're like, Oh, this is actually, I need to go home. This is not what I need to be doing. <laughs> like, or it could be whatever, whatever it might be. But, um, I, tr- I think of it, those getaways as that for me, it allowed me to have this clarity when I wasn't really giving myself a chance to kind of get away and reflect. And it was super I think a lot of men have a hard time with self care in that way. Women are even absolutely. better than men. Absolutely. Absolutely. Men yeah, just women are work yeah. through whatever. Yeah, well, we're kind of we're kind of told and brought up, you know, as men. A lot of us, you know, to think that we just have we're supposed to like just ah, plow through, ah, just like yeah. we're we're told that's what being a man is about, and it's actually it's just one end of an unhealthy, toxic spectrum of just like yeah, of what we're told masculinity is supposed to be. And it's oddly enough, around that time that I went on that first that seven day retreat, like I was also I'd also become aware for the first time ever of this father wound that I was experiencing, and I was seeing a therapist for. And that, that retreat was part of, it helped massively towards healing my relationship with my father. Not that we were like, we were like, we weren't at odds. We weren't having like a, you know, there was no ill will between us. It was just like, I, I, up until that point in that, around that time of that year, I hadn't realized how much I, I was just avoiding certain aspects of the world and of myself because of how I perceived him to be. And I just avoided that within myself with it, you know, and so How old were you more, when you had, when you went, the, when you went on this journey, so 32 right now. So this was, uh, around my 31st. So I was like 30, 31. That sounds, that's this. I feel like this is all perfect timing for just the, yeah. the coming of age into the thirties, especially as a male. Very much. I, I've experienced a very, similar, very much so. almost just on time. It's interesting. Yeah. And, um, I think that there were like these milestone moments, you know, on a, on a small scale, it's like, you know, every Monday is representation representative of like a new opportunity, like right, a new, um, new life, new like rebirth of sorts. Um, I think that's why a lot of people have either they either love Mondays or they hate them. It's like this rebirth that either they're ready for or they're not. And um, one other example is like you know the first of, of the month or the first like New Year's Eve. It's like ah new. And so I feel like yeah, thirty for men and women, but I think you know definitely for, sure. for men. It's like a moment where it's like, okay, how am I, okay, so I have a high performance coach and how he, he describes it as like 30 is that time for men where, uh, for, mo- for most men where, or many men in which they realize, well, they look back and they're like, huh, 
so this is the mountain I've been climbing my whole life. <laughs> and like, they're like, huh, okay, cool. Here's where I am. And you kind of like look around and you're like, what else could I do? Like, what's the, what's the next mountain going to be? Yeah. And then you like, you lock eyes with it and you're like, okay, all right, that's the one. But it's like in this really aware, intentional way where it's not just where you're able to look back at the past decade, like your twenties. For me, it was like, I look back at my past decade to my twenties and I felt I was like, damn, I really thought I was doing a lot, but like, and I was, but it was more so a lot in the sense of just like, you know, learning through trial and error and yes. my thirties are going to be a, a lot, lot of activity. Find. Yes. A lot of activity, not a lot of like true progress. So I'm like, what if I took this right. decade of like, of, of data and applied it in like a refined, sophisticated way towards a North star that's going to guide me up this mountain that I see as my worthy opponent for life. Like for me, like even if it took me my entire life to climb this thing, it's worth it. And for me, I think I found that for myself. I think you could probably agree for your, for yours as well. That resonates with me perfectly. I mean, I think um, from my perspective, it's like, I can always get mad at myself about things that I would have done differently when I was in my twenties. Yeah. Because if I, oh, yeah, you know, if you knew better, you do better. Whatever. If you had the information, right. whatever. There's a lot of things like I can make a whole list. At the end of the day, you know, that doesn't really help me. And it, what's better is if I look at all those experiences and say, okay, what did I learn? I obviously learned a lot. What did I learned? Yeah. How can I apply those pieces of wisdom to expedite my success mm-hmm. on the other side of this? Because I think forty is yeah. more serious. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's kind of like the scary, you know, scary, but like, I'm, it's, I'm, 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 I'm actually looming. looking forward to it. I'm looking forward, I'm looking to, forward it, but, to it. Yeah. You know. But it's like, it's like, it's wild to think like, wow, what my, what my 20 year old, looking back at my 20 year old self as my 30 year old self, it's like, I'm going to be looking back at my 30 year old self. I know. Like in the same you way know. when I'm 40. And it's like, that's so like, so my favorite movie is the matrix. And so I love the, in that, in that way, it's kind of like the matrix being revealed again and again. And just when you think yeah. you're out, it's like, nope, you're not it, you're not out of it. You're just in a different one. You just don't know it yet. You ever think too, it's like, yeah, they say life is goes by in a blink of an eye, but honestly, a lot of days it's, yeah. it's so, it takes a long time. Like you never believe yeah. you believe you have like maybe if you're, you know, if you have a quote normal life, you might live to maybe 90, right. that you have 60 more. Can you believe you have 60 more years? You ever think, yeah. God, I got <laughs> 60 more yeah. years. I don't know. I like yeah. living. Life I is do. long, man. Yeah. It was yeah. like it's long. You know, it's yeah. like, I've done this already. Life is what else do you want me to do? Yeah, it's, that's, I think that is, I think you just touched on one of the big reasons that I haven't worded in that way. Like, man, life is long. But for me, it's like, I'm, so I'm not sure how familiar you might be with like the Enneagram, but I'm yeah. like, I'm an Enneagram. Okay, cool. You're probably a seven, aren't you? I, I, I haven't done the test. Oh, you haven't I done it. Okay. Yeah. I would, I would assume you are just cause like we have some similarities and I'm, I know for myself, um, I'm a seven. And so one of the key themes of the seven, Enneagram seven, is that, you know, we we hate feeling restricted. We hate, hate, hate. Oh, I hate it. Like hate we, we just, authority we love too. options though. We love options. Yeah, we hate authority because, you know, um, we, we hate authority because it's 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 a, something that represents that which can limit our optionality. Yep. Um, and we hate, we hate the worst thing ever is feeling limited, feeling restricted. And so... I think that combined with my 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 uh, taking strength finders as well, and I have like a futuristic, you know, that's a, that's one of my top five strengths. And I feel like those two are indicative of like why I basically like look far out into the future and think about like, okay, 
what are the things that would make me hate life most and how can I avoid that? Because I can feel it already. Like just the thought of it right now is like restraining totally. me, right? Right. And so I think that almost makes me want to like lean. That's why you're working hard like, now. Yeah. It's like, I want to yeah. dive into yes. my purpose as deeply as possible right totally. now, because if I don't, I'm going to end up oh, living yeah. this. I'm going to be on autopilot and not realize it until oh, 90 oh, or 80. Exactly. And then realize I have all this, this, I feel trapped by by the momentum because by that time, yeah. think about it. It's not like you're just there and like you can just you you no, every decision eighty leads up years to that. of eighty years of momentum yeah. and of solidifying and per, and making permanent Cal- these habits. Calcify yeah. right, like because yeah, practice uh-huh. doesn't make perfect. Practice makes permanent, and so you've per- permanent. Yeah. You've had this permanence of, of these things, desired and undesired, time. right? And so I'm constantly like, let me just, let me like get these things off yeah. me that like, I don't, I want no more. Yes, like, you know? I totally and so, agree. yeah, I can relate to that. Like of just thinking about, so I think about, I, I word it in a different way, but I think that same thing. I'm just like, yeah, life is long. It's, um, it goes by like, life goes back like weeks go by days years go by quickly but like it's a, we got so much time here and i want to make sure that i'm living in such a way that like increases my optionality you know the older i get and you know living in such a way that like time is my friend and i'm not working against it and so i think that's just that's yeah. something that just like definitely became more real for me when i started getting into my 30s for sure all good habits all habits compound good or bad so yeah, yeah. um not just money but financial yeah. habits not just, you know, bad habits, but healthy ones. So True. on both sides, I compound. And if you really start to yeah. think about it, you're like, oh man, everything I'm doing every day is creating everything that's happening the next yeah. day. Fuck, 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 fuck. <laughs> picture, picture your 90 years of uh, compounded or right. exponential increase right. jujitsu practice. Like your 90-year-old jujitsu. <laughs> yes, exactly. If I go once a year, uh, right. I only have 90 more times to go. <laughs> but Yeah. yeah. It's, it's true. That's yeah. Right, anything, right. anything compounded. Yeah. And it's hard to, hard to imagine. Like, you know, I, I just uh, saw my great grandmother who's 96 and, you know, yeah. um, she, we were just having a normal conversation and her mind is totally there. It's fine. Mm-hmm. So we were, I was like, you know, Oh, what are your favorite types of fruits? And we were just having the fruits and she was like, Oh, you know, I don't really like bananas. They're always there. I just eat them because they're there, but I don't really like them. You know, we were talking about all the different varieties of apples why she hates pears, just normal, you know, whatever you talk about the 96 year old. But I just thought yeah. like her mind is completely there, but her body is getting older and older and older every mm-hmm. year. So we're having a normal conversation. We're just talking the shit. And it's almost like you're living in a house that's deteriorating every day. And you're like, fuck, 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 yeah. fuck. You know, yeah. like even last week she fell and it's like, it's because she can't turn, but she yeah. it's just because she's 96. So it's like you live yeah. in this deteriorating shell. I think about that too. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. and there's no, it's not to be doom and gloom, but there's no, it's an inevitable journey towards that. There's no, right. no matter yeah. how healthy you are now, oh, you're, oh, yeah. you're a Peloton instructor. Doesn't fucking matter. Oh, nope. I do jujitsu and lift weights. Doesn't fucking matter. Oh, I eat nope. clean, healthy, vegan, super fruit. Doesn't fucking matter. You're going that direction. Isn't yeah. that crazy? It is. It is. And I'm like, it's, I think that I, you know, because I, I do, I am in like the health and fitness space like i'm a little bit more aware of that than most most people and like i remember being in like taking my kinesiology like my those classes in in college and like learning about like how we literally decrease at a certain point you reach a certain age i think it's like in your 40s 30s or 40s where like you literally start to like lose maybe it's like 40s or 50s um but you literally start to like lose muscle tone like your yeah, muscle I it was like 40s you, you start to you start to like lose muscle mass 
Uh, and then also how like us, like your your bones, they start, they become, depending on how your diet looks, like they become either more, you reach a point where like they can no longer become more durable. They can only, if anything, only you can maintain it. If anything, you know? can maintain and like decrease the level at which it's becoming more brittle over time. Yeah. And so I, yeah, man, it's just, um, I it's think about that stuff, you know? Yeah, it is. It is. I think that, you know, to be honest, like a lot of people think, I guess this is kind of like a good and bad thing, but like so much of so much of what I think you and I do as or people like us do as far as like our our health or our finances or whatever is concerned isn't so much this kind of like aspirational drive like, oh, I want to be like this, this, this. It's more of like this fear of like, no, I know what happens if I don't. Like I know what's going to happen. I yes. literally know I'm aware of what happens if I don't do this and I don't want yes. to. <laughs> yeah, the, the, yeah it's, it's both. There's an aspirational drive yeah. and there's also like a, you know, I just, I know the other side of it too. And it's like, well, if you, yeah. because what they say, they say uh, an ounce of preparation is worth a pound of cure. It's like, it's yeah. better to be yeah. prepared mm-hmm. and have nothing happen because then you only lose the time and energy spent to prepare. Mm-hmm. If something happens, you can lose way more than the time and energy it would have taken to prepare. You can lose yeah. 10, 100, 1,000 X, whether that means preparing financially, whether that means preparing physically, whether it means preparing spiritually or emotionally. You know, you have yeah. a lot more to lose by just ignoring these key elements of your development. It's true. So true. I'm curious, how much time do you, how much time would you say that you spend a week, like just sitting and thinking about, you know, what risks am I not seeing? Like what thing? Uh, uh, oh, <laughs> like that's my every waking moment, my friend. <laughs> every, every second. I'm a, every a second. walking ball of anxiety. Right. I think, um, why are you thinking about that? I'm going to grab a little bit more water. Yeah. By the way. Feel yeah, free. yeah. I'll tell I'm, the, I'm the audience I'm listening. what I think. Yeah. Tell the audience. What, what do I think, audience? Um, I am constantly identifying potential challenges. I think I'm yeah. somewhere. I, I, I do think that recently, like as I've gotten to my 30s, I've become even more aware of potential, what uh, Elon Musk calls it, attack vectors. So Ooh, write that down. Attack what? Vectors? Att- attack, attack vectors. It's just areas where you can have a potential place of attack. You know, so yeah. I think that that is a good way of looking at it. It's not a fear. It's more of just a, it's a more of a acute awareness of all the areas in which you could, uh, un, in, you know, entertain a threat and just realizing there's actually a lot of areas where you could <laughs> entertain a threat. There's a lot of areas where you could be attacked and, um, and like now just trying to protect against it. So like if it's financially, it's like, fuck, it's like, I have to get my liquid cash up. I have to get investments up. I have to get life insurance yes. up. Yes. You know, and I have to make sure that I'm like actively looking at what's going on in crypto. You know, when it comes to like physical, it's like, man, I should be preparing myself at least nutritionally. So I'm eating well. So that if I do encounter some sort of illness, like a COVID or something else, whether or not I'm getting vaccinated, I'm healthy. You know, that the vaccination is the cherry on top. If you're already healthy, if you're not healthy, you're going to get fucked up. Trust me, you know, and then it's like, <laughs> and, and then it's like, you know, am I going to be physically protected in a potential altercation you know so that's why i always talk about martial arts and improving your physical self-defense even you know and you're in new york so it's even harder i'm out here out west but in the west you know protecting the house with a gun having physical self you know a home defense we think it's a good idea over here on this podcast so you know and then same thing yeah. with, with spiritual and emotional fitness you know it's like attending to all these areas and you see oh man there's if i don't like work on all these areas I could potentially get fucked up. So it's like you just spend your life working on these areas. And I told my my audience, I said, guys, I'm spending the next three to five years covering all the main bases. I encourage you to do the same thing because it's not going to all fall apart tomorrow. 
Like it's going to be, no. you know, the country has a, a lot of shit yeah, to go through. But I do think yeah. there is going to be a steady decline and there might be a pretty hard bottom. It will, it will be short-lived, but we could hit that. Why couldn't we? We're not impervious to that. We're not immune. I agree. Oh. I think that's one of the, the things that I liked about your uh, your whole new wave, um, your movement, or if, I guess you can call it what you're doing. It is, is, um, it is it's, it's in a non-conspiracy theory or like doomsday or over the top zombie apocalypse kind of way. No, I haven't you're, 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 you're simply emails just, once this month. Yeah, you're, you're, just, you're just simply just talking about like, hey, yo, you prepared? Because I'm not yet, but I'm working on it. And, I'm not prepared uh, yet. You know, I think, I'm, yeah. Creates yeah. anxiety for me. Which yeah, is why I'm yeah. talking about it. <laughs> yeah, it's smart. When I am, I'll stop making these podcasts. Peace, bitch. <laughs> the last podcast. That's, All right, guys. Thanks. That's when people gotta start worrying, right? When you're like, when you're like, yeah, yeah. just <laughs> screw y'all. Like <laughs> five years later, to all my premium subscribers, yeah. thank you for all the uh, monthly subscription dues, and thank you for all the love and podcasts. Gotta go because my bunker's ready. Peace. No, yeah. but yeah, I think rockets ready. You know, rocket. Off. Now, now, what do you think about? Um, here's a question. Elon Musk yeah. has said recently. He said, I could have been talking about him for a minute. He said recently, once you get to the, making this much money, it's not for my personal use. It's basically just um showing that i know how to allocate capital very well and don't you think that uh billionaires who've proven that they're better allocators of capital should be the ones who are allowed to use it rather than paying uh, the extra money to the government so he's basically saying you, you guys don't deserve to get these tax dollars i mm. clearly, am, clearly am better with money than you are i thought that was interesting too mm. what do you what do you think about yeah that? yeah i think that's um i think that's pretty that sounds fair i mean that's I forget, I forget, I forget which billionaire that I heard about recently. Like, you know, it was like one of the first billionaires. Um, I forget their name, but like, they're basically like, he was basically one of the first American billionaires. He was like asked by like the government because he came into his money like fairly quickly, like relative, like for, you know, what back then was considered, what we consider a billionaire. And so they, they were sure something fishy must have been going on. And so they, they asked like, they interviewed him and like they interrogated him like, hey, what's like, and he came up clean. He was like, no, everything's solid. Everything's, they're like, how did you do this? And he was like, you know, in a, in a different way that's similar, but different, but because he, he asked, he's like, I, I, I've i mastered, he says it along the lines of like, you know, in the story that I you know heard, I've mastered the ability to focus on something mm-hmm. for five minutes mm-hmm. at a time. And he's like, can you do that? And they're like, yeah. Like that. And so <laughs> he took them through like a series of like exercises just to see if they could and they couldn't. He's like, you have no business running this government, like, we're running this country, <laughs> you know? And it's, and so in that, in that instance, it was like, it was like, like mental cap or I guess your ability to focus, but it's like the same thing. It's like, if I am able to better manage my focus or manage my resources or capital better than you can does that not make me more qualified for your job since that's so much of what it entails and like people are little people are literally like hoping that you're you're in the government and you're they're hoping that you know how to do that better than the average person but yet i can do it better than you so there's a there's a great book out uh this is an old book now very old book it's called the sovereign individual okay yeah this is this is this is a uh this is the sovereign probably Probably the most important book I've read in the last ten years, and and really? if I had known that it, yes, and if I had known that it was out earlier, I would have read I have it. A, this book was. I have, a, I have a question though. What was the yeah. what was the book that held that spot before then? Uh, I got to know what's what it's taken the place of. 
Well, there's many, you know, I will yeah. tell you, though, that the book that led me to this book was Naval uh-huh. Ravikant's book. It's called The Almanac of Naval Ravikant. Naval uh, Ravikant I've heard about that a one. philosopher and an investor. Yeah. And someone took his best known quotes and made it into a book. He didn't even write the book. Someone wrote it for him. Uh, and that book is where I got the reference for the sovereign individual. So those two, I would say, have to be in there. Um, cool. And one of the Word things this book talks about, yeah, they're both great. Yeah. One of the things this book talks about, which I think is uh, relevant with what you're saying is, you know, okay, we pay taxes right. because we're paying for supposedly goods and services given to us by the government. So right. on a federal level, that would be the biggest thing that we're, pertain- we're paying for is protection. We're paying for protection from outside forces, from outside, you know, intruders. On the federal level, we're paying for defense. On the local level, we're paying for other things. But if you were to look at what we're actually paying for and see that the majority of the stuff is going towards just defending, quote, defending the country, the 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 option, there's there is an option to not pay. The option is pay. Or rather than having us defend you, you'll have to defend yourselves from us. Basically saying, Mm, if you don't pay for defense, we're going to go on offense against you. Because what happens if you don't pay your taxes? You go to jail, you get in trouble, you become a criminal. So you can't do it. It's a stigma. You can't do it. You have to do it. So basically, you're paying for defense under the the threat of offense. You know? (laughs) It's interesting. Yeah. Because you assume that the worst case scenario of not paying your taxes is like violence, right? You assume they'll hurt you or they'll take you away. They took Wesley Snipes away. That's what happens. It's true. I think that, I don't know why, this is like, I haven't really put much, too, too much thought into this, but as you were talking and saying that, I was, my mind went to like, since we're in this time where there's so much, like decentralization is so much like the thing that people are kind of craving and wanting more of and what we're moving towards in, in like some really big, like major significant ways. Like it makes you wonder like, what if there was like such a thing as like a decentralized government where certain people who were just bestowed with this, they didn't necessarily ask for it or they weren't like conniving or scheming to get these roles, but they were just like, it was just shifting, this constantly shifting kind of like, you know, who has it when and who's in a position to make these calls and who's proven themselves to be of sound judgment to do so and that kind of thing. And I, I think that would be, I mean, that's, that'd that's be interesting. Literally. I don't know how that would work, but like, oh, is that what exactly it's, what this okay. talks about? Because it talks there we about, go. I mean, yeah, there's, I yeah. No, you're, on, you're, on the, you're on the same page. I mean, that's, that's essentially what it talks about. Yeah. It's like, what does it look like yeah. to live in a world that's more decentralized? Because right now, you know, we're, the individual taxpayer is the biggest customer of the government. And right now, many of us don't feel as if the government is holding up their end of the bargain in terms of giving us for the amount of money that we're paying, the goods and services that right. we're due. If you're paying right. half or more of your revenue or whatever, and you're getting yeah. what in return? Roads? You know, you're getting, <laughs> you're getting vaccines. You're getting, yeah. you're getting what? You're getting, you know, a lot yeah. of bloated government plans, which don't actually result in payment, but don't, don't actually result in progress, but result in a lot of people getting paid. I mean, you look at the fact that the, uh, the United States was spending $300 million a day on the war in Iraq for 20 years, a day. Yeah. And, and all that going to third-party contractors, you know, these big defense companies, you look at the fact that we're still spending $5 million a day uh, on the war on drugs. Meanwhile, they're legalized all across the country. You know, this there's so much money and it's not being used correctly. 
so there is some sort of a need for decentralization of <laughs> of this, but I don't know if that's going to actually happen. This is a you've you've done like I'm sure a lot more research and in, uh, into this kind of stuff than I have, but it's making me really curious. And I want to read that book. Yeah, I want to I want to read up more about this and see like what this would actually mean, what it would actually look like. Yeah, it's you know it, how would it, how would it, think, would affect our daily lives. I think that what will most likely happen is the technology that's being developed for web three, which is yeah. inevitably, inevitably happening. You know, we're in web 2.5 right now. We're not quite there yeah. yet. As blockchain develops more, one of the things the public will come to expect is more transparency in mm-hmm. public affairs. And hopefully yes. it will translate to the government. You know, I think, I think also, and this is kind of what the book suggests, it's that because of the fact that like many people don't feel like they're getting their uh, their value out of how much they're paying the government. The government's wasting all this money that the government will start to become more of like a boutique services provider. So it's more like mm. uh, you're going to have your passport and you can have some American privileges, but we're going to be, we're going to basically uh, allow you to come and go as you please. If you have a certain level of status or a certain level of credentials, because we'd rather mm. keep you on as a customer than have you leave. And it's going to be more like, uh, creating more of a more of a clear consumer and yeah. relationship. That's that's dope. That'd be cool. Like you know? like an a la carte citizen. Like you're picking and choosing exactly. what you think is is Based worth the, the investment, and it can be clearly seen on the blockchain. Like which which services exactly. the person is currently subscribed to. That's cool. Exactly. That's, yeah. That's, yeah, I like that. Because 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 we we don't because we don't need to. For instance, we don't need to be in America to have the, quote, American experience of living. You can go to places like Singapore. You can go to places like Colombia. You can go to places like Mexico, Canada. There's places all over the world where you can yeah. live in great, in great comfort and amenities. You don't need to sure. live in, uh, in America to do business as an American. You don't need to live yeah. in America to, uh, to use American dollars. So you don't, you sure. don't even need to be protected by American guns. You know, you don't need the, uh, their border protection if you're traveling. So you can be anywhere you want, but you might want to subscribe to America. You know, you might want to, <laughs> you might want to have you might want to subscribe tokens, here. you know, and if you don't like what you're getting, maybe you should unsubscribe. I'm subscribing to, you know, yeah. <laughs> <Italy> this year. <laughs> I like the I'm curious. Better. Yeah. I'm curious. What if, if you had it all your way and whether the government situation looked like that or something else, what would be the top three perks or the top three uh, benefits that you like the others you could you know not that you could take or leave but like you know but like these three if you had everything else but you didn't have these three you would be like no 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 like something the things like, that the country like, must i have. gotta like that for you like for you and your family okay. and you and yours we're like a must have like it's not an okay. option it's not it's not a bonus the top it's like three this must has have to be of subscribing yeah. to a country yeah for you personally okay we'll be the free, first we'll is uh, freedom of uh, interstate travel, being able to travel wherever we want, in, interstate and international travel. So freedom mm-hmm. in in the country and uh, in and out of the country. Okay. Um, so interstate and intercontinental. Yeah. International. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the reason for that is because I think about um, a lot of the most oppressive stories, for instance, places in like North Korea, where you physically can't leave. Yeah. You know, and yeah. that seems like a hellhole to me. So yeah, that, because I always feel like if America gets too bad, I'll just leave. 
and that yeah. gives me comfort. Uh, like even right. when the whole Breonna Taylor thing was happening last year, I'm like, I'm, I'm yeah, man. I don't want to live here anymore. <laughs> going I don't want to live here. Seriously, I don't want to live here. If you guys yeah. don't respect right. us, I don't want to yes. live here. Yes. You don't you and, love us. You, you don't love, you don't appreciate us. Like, no, you're absolutely, you're absolutely right, man. You want, you're like, going to Ghana. Have you been to Ghana? I haven't. Yeah. No, I haven't. I've, I haven't. I've been to Ghana, West Africa. Yeah. It's uh, I've been there once. Yeah, it was a while ago when I was in. Yeah, but it's um, I like that. I definitely want to go back to Africa one day. But that's, we did that's we did cool. Morocco, okay, cool. and Egypt, but a lot of Africans won't consider Morocco, and Egypt, Africa. But anyway, that's not okay. fair. I, I know it's not fair, but you know, and I look very Moroccan, so I fit in so yeah. nicely. It was great for me. It was like going back home. Anyway, same for me in Ghana. They were like, "Are you Ghanaian?" Yeah, I was like, yeah. "No." They're like, "Are you sure you're not Ghanaian?" I have parents Ghanaian. That's a good idea. They say, yeah. Are you sure you're not Moroccan? Please. I'm like, I wish I was. Please, maybe I am. Yeah. Um, I, I wish I would make me feel like I have more culture. Second, the second oh, yeah. uh, must is. Yeah. Okay. How, how would I phrase this? So it would be free free trade. So so freedom to start and operate, you know, a business. So free trade. And I think with that comes the, I would say that the, 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 yeah, I don't know. I would say also like the government not being able to appropriate your resources. So I guess in, in, in a capitalist or socialist society, the, the yeah. citizens' resources are the state's resources. So mm. I want to live in a, in a place where we have a bril- ability to create business freely, free economics, open markets, and um, you know, basically personal wealth, the ability to build personal wealth. Now, the problem with America, and you know, yeah. I'll still say this about America, there's a reason why people still are dying to get here. I'm not saying it's the mm-hmm. worst country in the world. Literally. I'm not saying yeah. that it's, uh, that it, that it's, uh, I'm also not saying it's infallible and right. different groups have different beef with America. So yeah. if you're from, if you're Very from the reasons. Middle East, I could see why you would have beef. If you're from Latin America, I would see why you, have, why you would have beef. If you're uh, black, I see why you have beef. If you're Japanese, I see why you got beef. We fucking nuked you guys. Yo, crazy. Like this country is savage. So I understand yeah. it's not a perfect country. In terms of the freedoms, it is better than a lot of countries in the world, even though some of those freedoms have been more restricted recently or and or they there's a threat of those things being restricted. But I will say that like one of the problems with building public wealth in America or building personal wealth in America is that although you can get very wealthy here, unless you are part of the super, super mega 1%, the government takes a lot of your money back, even though they're not True. they're not saying, oh, this is state's money. Like in a, in Stalin country in, in North Korea, they just take your money. It's that they just you don't right. have a chance to access it. In America, you'll get to receive your wealth, but then they'll tax the show. You'll tax it through federal taxes, state taxes, sales taxes, um, the tax on uh, real estate tax, property tax, you know, all these different little succubuses. You know, then you have, you know, all, all the corporate interests are kind of tied in with them. And by the end of it, you don't get to keep a lot of your personal wealth. You have to yeah. really work at that because the system isn't designed. It's almost like a job in can, itself. Yeah. yeah, you can accumulate personal wealth, but it's not as simple as just work a job. If you stay just working a job, they'll, the whole the system will take all the money back. Exactly. So you have to be aware. It used to be in, in earlier generations where you could work a job and they would actually pay for you after you retire. It's called a pension. They especially don't do that anymore. So the system can reabsorb all the money that you make from it. So you have to really understand that um, mm. and plan for that accordingly. And who better to teach us about that than the author of Rich 20-something? Well, you know, well, 30s now. Um, 30s, yeah, 30s. <laughs> the sequel. The sequel. Yeah. What is it like 
this is about you. What's what's it like working yeah. uh, at Peloton? What's it work? What's it like um, having the power of the bike or the power of well, the tread treadmaster tread or whatever you're using? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I um, power of the platform. And I'm, right, right, right. And I am used to people, by the way, like asking, like, yeah, like, oh my gosh, what can I find like your bike? I'm like, I, I'm not, I'm not on that, and you don't want me to be. I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They know yeah, the bike. Yeah. Right. Yeah, they are. They are. That, that was the first, um, first, you know, the flagship product that, you know, they're still most famous for and, and rightly so. I mean, that's the, that, that, that's the thing. So I will say I've been a group fitness instructor for, even before this job, I've been a group fitness instructor for, like I used to be a group fitness instructor at, you know, at Barry's Bootcamp. Um, I did. Barry's hard, was, yo. It is. It is. I went there uh, to the Bears in West Hollywood thinking yeah. I was going to uh-huh. smoke these guys. And West Hollywood know, is is the gay capital of the country. God bless them. And they're all <laughs> over 50 and in. They're jacks. Okay. And right. uh, one of my friends, Keith Ferrazzi, took me there. Olympians. Right, right, right. And I'm, I'm in there. You know, I'm a bodybuilder, so I'll go in there. And I didn't know what the exercises were going to be. They're like, pick a dumbbell. I'm like, oh, let me get a 50. No problem. Yeah. I pick up this 50. We're doing these crazy fucking, you know, these crazy, you know, snatches and presses and push-ups and I'm dying. And then we're sprinting. I'm on the treadmill and there's this woman in there who's got to be like five, six. She looks like Mm. she's built like a velociraptor. Okay. And she is running. She is running. Yeah. The the treadmill's on 13 at a full incline. And I'm struggling over here doing half what she's doing. She's looking at me like you little bitch. As her legs are moving <laughs> twice my speed. And I, man, I limped out of it's, there. And I respected those guys so much. And yes, they do it like four times a to. week. You have to. Sometimes multiple times Bro, a day. Yeah. Sometimes multiple what is times wrong a day. with you? What are you and eating? I'm not even, How are you living? You know? Yeah, it's... Uh, At GH. Yeah, it's definitely... that The workout... It, I mean, depending on... It's also like, you know depending on like the area that you go to, the cultures are different in each location yeah, too. So over there, yeah, yeah, yeah. Over there, the classes would be totally different than the classes you might take maybe in like, you know, a Miami or like the one I worked with in, in was, you know, Nashville. But anyway, that's, that was my first ever kind of group fitness instructing job. And that opened up from that. I did like, I did, yeah, so many people don't know this, but like before, I was in the role that I have right now. I worked at my first ever job in fitness, like job, job in fitness was as a group fitness instructor at, um, at Barry's Bootcamp. From there, I did personal training as well. Uh, I did, you know, some, some coaching. I started an online fitness company with a couple of friends of mine, bought my way out of the company. And then uh, I used to use that money to start my own online fitness business. And from that, that's what set me up in a position where I could say, yes, when Pel- Peloton like, gave me the call, and you know, you know what they were up to, and they're like, "Hey, you want to you know, join the?" So I was like, "You want to join the Avengers?" Did you have to audition, you know. Uh, yeah, there was there was an audition process, and uh, mine was atypical in the sense that I think for for most odd most people who audition, they there was like the initial audition, there was like a callback for you to kind of like maybe do it again and get them to see like a second look at you. And I really auditioned one time. And then from that point, it was like just the kind of on like the, the what, process what of getting audition? interviewed. What was that like? Uh, you know what, man? It was it was really just so from it was super simple. I was really just on a you know I was on a treadmill and I was asked to teach like a twenty minute you know sample class. I had my playlist for that class. I had you know workout in mind and I just taught it and it, and I was taught teaching it to an empty room, which is 
you know, what I what I had done in a way that I had prepared for that audition without realizing it way before I got the call because I had a year, about a year before they had reached out to me, I had left, <clears throat> I left Barry's Bootcamp and I was really curious about, because one of the things, cool things, I love the fact that when I was teaching classes, it was like, you know, what I loved about it was that I was able to like reach as many people as I could in that studio. And I was able to give a really good workout and in, in, in like really provide a transformative experience in that moment. But what I didn't like, what I felt limited by was the fact that there was only so many, only as many people could in the room could ever take the class. After I taught it, I, there was this thing that I put so much effort into that was just like gone into the wind. Like it was never to be seen again. Right. And then, so I kind of saw ahead of that experience and I was like, there's going to be something where I can like do this, but in a way that's leveraging the internet to reach more people and saving content, doing it on demand. And little did I know, I was like thinking about the thing that I would never end up doing, you know, at Peloton, but my plan about it, I was planning going about a different way. I was going to go, my dream was kind of like at the time, travel the world and set up these cameras in these really beautiful locations, these scenic areas and stream somehow straight, find a way to like stream these workouts to people with these beautiful backdrops. And like, I'm, I'm traveling the world. I'm like meeting people from these different cultures. That's a good YouTube channel. And I'm just, right. It was, that was my plan. That was my plan. And uh, uh, my goal was for each place that I traveled to, not only would I stream these workouts from there, but I would also really get to know the people in the community and, you know, explore the food, the culture, stay there for a season. And my goal, yeah, my goal would have been to, before I leave each place, I have to make it better in some way. Like whether I'm like helping to build something there or, you know, so I'm like, I'm like this traveling person who's like learning and absorbing and, and soaking up the culture and like exchanging energy with people, but then also leaving them better than I found them. And that way I can kind of like share a story and like people, it, it, it makes it create, it would have created like so much more richness around the experience and just people like taking a workout with this guy, you know, you're the perfect millennial um, content creator. You understand yeah. all the right angles. Yeah. Yeah. But it would have just, honestly, it would have been just like something super fun for me or not even from a content. For sure. like, oh yeah. Yeah. For angle. Sure. I was just like, all of those things just are really fun and fulfilling. Oh, yeah. and like, so I'm like, man, oh, that would have yeah. been so cool. Um, and still like, I plan on, you know, not using maybe that idea, but like I still, I still want to like travel the world and like, you know, you know, live in places for seasons at a time. Anyway. Yeah. So that's what Anthony Bourdain on a bike, man. Bourdain on a bike. Yeah. The, the, the fit Anthony Bourdain. You know? Yeah. That's right. That's right. But yeah. So it's, uh, but yeah, I've been here for about like, it's going on four years. It flies by, man. But um, it's, yeah, I definitely, or... yeah, here in New York. So I moved here to New York for the job and I've been here, you know, at the, at the, at the role, at the, in, the, in my current instructor role for about, you know, going on four years now. So, yeah. And what, what's what's it like working with, working like in a corporate environment where you guys have to just like produce so much content? Yeah. I'll definitely say that it's... Produce a ton, don't you? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's, it's a lot of, we make a lot of, well, I'll put it this way. It's, it's, it's not like, it's not like a factory where, cause it's like, they, you know, they do a good job of like wanting, making sure that you're not, you're preserving your, your body. Like they're, we're not trying to like just run into the ground and like that. Yeah, how many like, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's not that kind of thing, but um, I'll put it this way. Me, someone like me, like I'm, what I notice, and this is where it's like making the, the job makes me better because I'm the kind of person who like, I care, like, I, you know, I'm more so than I am a trainer or anything else. I am a creative and I'm a, like, I'm an artist. I'm a creative at heart. And so I care so much about like, like it's being right. And like, 
And so this job challenges me to like hone that process and streamline it rather than take more time to get it right. It like, I have to meet this deadline. And so like, I find, have to find ways to fit, to get it to the, to the desired level of, of creativity and where it's like acceptable in my eyes. Cause otherwise it's not, it's not enjoyable for me. If I don't feel like I've actually been able to put in a solid amount of time and it's, it's got these elements and it meets my, my standard of, of what I consider excellence. It doesn't, it's just the experience of giving it. Me too. That's all good for me. Yeah, yeah. Podcasts. So, right. And so imagine the way that I would, I would relate it. I would, uh, you know, a comparison I would make would be like, imagine if you were, you working, but you had somebody, you're doing these podcasts, but you had somebody who was like, okay, you got to hit this deadline. And like, you couldn't, like, you just had to meet this cadence, right? It would bring something out of you where you kind of like, and so that's something I appreciate about the role is that it's, it's an elevate yeah, it that alone that alone elevated my ability to, cause before, like as a solo entrepreneur, like I wasn't doing that. Like I was just like, I would, I would really work when the moment struck me or like when I, I would be the most, when, the inspiration when, when I was the most exactly, I would be the most productive when I was the most inspired. But with something like this, I had to, I had to find a way and I'm still, I'm still every day I'm honing this process more and more of, of cultivating and harvesting inspiration um, and engineering it on a consistent basis because I can't rely on just it coming when I'm, when I feel like it now. Um, and so it, it's made, it's made me become this kind of hybrid of increasingly this hybrid of like the artist, but then also like the, the like calculated accountant who's just like following the deadlines and just like, you know, doing everything mathematically. So I've kind of, it's kind of like forces me to integrate the, the left and right brain and become this kind of thing that's greater than what I was before, you know? You're speaking my language, bro. This this is this is what yeah. it's about. This is what this is what mastery is about. Because it's not it's yes. not enough yes. to just be creative. No. It's not no. enough to um and, and that's something I've had to remind myself. It's something that I preach and I teach, but I really have to constantly remind myself as well. Even if it's when it just comes to um the writing I'm doing every day, constantly yeah. producing something because it sharpens the sword. And having a deadline right. for yourself, um, and 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 not allowing yourself to get caught in the log the log jam of like, oh, is this good enough? I'll just hold on to it. I won't create. I won't put anything. Yeah. Out. And when you work for a company like Peloton, they're like, look, we have to hit these metrics. So you have to produce, but then right. you have to then produce something that hits your internal standard, but hits exactly. your time. Exactly. That's where the mastery and, comes into place because you have to create right. things that are of high quality consistently, and that's mm. where it starts to hit. Because it's not the it's not the thousand the number one thousand stroke that hit that breaks the rock. It's all the strokes before that 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 break it. It's the consistency of that you know to break. Through. You're absolutely right, man. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And so for that reason alone, this role or any role that I could have entered similarly that would have forced me to yeah. essentially you know operate at this you know it it, it what a role like that does it and it did for me too. And it's, it's doing more and more, but like in less kind of like giant ways, but it's, uh, or in like smaller incremental ways, it's, it's, it, it exposes your weak spots. It exposes where you thought you were good, mm -hmm. but you really never mm -hmm. had to be good in those ways until now. And so you're not. And so it's exposing these weak muscles of just either weak focus or weak um, self-accountability or weak self-discipline. And it, it really is, I'm really grateful. Like, and I didn't always feel that way. You know, <laughs> just like, because in the oh, moment yeah. it's like, it's painful. It's like a struggle. You're like, dang, I'm like, ah, I feel like, I feel like I'm incompetent. I feel like I'm an idiot. I feel like I'm just like, I don't belong. But like it, you, I learned to really just, um, 
I learned how to get myself, how to allow myself to sink into the process of mastery and let the process work on me just as much as I'm working on it. And that is a constant, it really is like a constant thing. It's not like, I don't ever feel like I've arrived. It's I'm constantly, yeah, I'm just constantly just becoming more of that. But yeah, I'm, I'm really grateful for that, that aspect of the role for sure. That's a quotable editors. Pull that out. <laughs> whole lot on mastery. Pull that out. That's, That's right. Well, I got a quotable um, yours over here. Like it's not enough to be creative and mastery equals high quality plus consistency. I wrote both of them. Yeah. So it's true. Appreciate, appreciate those. Yeah. yeah. Put it on your IG. Uh, I'll, I'll, we'll yeah. trade. Yeah. I, I, it, it's so true. I hope you guys are enjoying this episode with Chase. Um, I, there, especially at the end here, I'm remembering this episode, I realized there are some juicy nuggets just towards the end. So make sure that you're staying all the way uh, to listen to some of the things that we even bring into this conversation as we close. And uh, and as you're here listening, make sure that you're subscribed to the channel. Also, by the way, leave a comment and a review of the podcast. That actually really helps us to bring in new listeners to the show. And as you can see, we're not just about producing content. We're trying to build a movement here, my friends, of people who are looking towards the future, who understand the challenges that we have together uh, to face as a culture, who are particularly interested in the things I am, crypto, uh, you know, financial independence and financial intelligence, um, personal self-defense, political understanding, understanding economics, spiritual uh, involvement, psychological and mental health. These are all things that we talk about as part of the new wave. We're interested in all these things. So if you are part of that wave, make sure you subscribe to this uh, channel. Uh, recommend it to your friends, leave a comment, um, just show us some love and I'll catch you back on the other side of the podcast. Yeah, I think that in a way we're scared of consistency because we have to do things then past the point of when it's fun or tell the difference between right. fun and um, and right. and and keeping with our word. Like something, yes. sometimes we have to keep with our word. Mm-hmm. Integrity. Not fun. Like, yeah, integrity. Yeah. And if, if, for instance, when you're teaching a class uh, right. for Peloton or anywhere else, there are times totally where you do not feel like being there, but you're there to yeah. get other people. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It's yeah. about it turning it on. It's go, you're a pro. Yeah. It doesn't matter yes. if you're going up on a, the, the, the tightrope as a performer. You're not like, I don't feel like this. Right. My posture's going to suck. No, you're going to be, right. you know. So talk about that. That's yeah. times when you've not really felt like doing it, but how, how do you get in the state of that profession? Yeah, you know what I've, it on? I've, you know, it's funny that you say that because I've I've talked about this before, and what I what I've what I've learned to do. So I have other people might go about it in different ways, but what I've learned to do is just bring my, you know, what people would say. Like I don't I don't call it this in my in my own head, but like it's what people would probably call like just coming as my authentic self. So what I do is just like whatever emotions I'm feeling, I I allow myself because. Some people might say like, well, if you're, if you're, if you're feeling, if you're about to teach class and you're just like, oh man, like I'm just like not feeling, some people might say like, oh, change your state, like learn a way to like change your state and just be the person. NLP. Like be a, right. Yeah. That kind of thing. And I'm not really, for me, I don't take that approach. I feel like it, it's, it weakens, it weakens my power. Um, and it weaken it weakens the level at which I'm actually able to enjoy the class myself. And I feel like it actually weakens the ability 
from me, it, it weakens the, the fuel that I have that I can use to reach someone in a really authentic way. So instead of that, let's say I come into a class and I'm feeling like, man, like this is not like, I'm just not feeling, this is, this is one of those classes. This is honestly yeah. one of those classes where I'm just like, I'm honestly just showing up and I'm like yeah. every rep is just in, one guys. step closer. Yeah. It's just one step closer to me getting out of here and taking a nap or doing yep. whatever, like, but just getting this, you. getting through this. Right. And so what I do is I just, I acknowledge what step one, I acknowledge that that exists. So I, I acknowledge it and I'm like, okay, it's totally fine. Like you can feel that way. Like, that's a real valid feeling. Okay, cool. Yep. But how does this serve us? How are we going to let this, how are we going to use this in this moment? Moment. How are we going to let it, let it make us better rather than, you know, worse or weaken us? And so what I do is, you know, I teach from that place and I just make that my message. So I, I met in that class and in that instance, I'll be like, yo, for a lot of you guys, you know, you, you might, <laughs> this might be one of those, those moments where you're just like, you're not feeling it. In fact, you might feel like there's anywhere else you'd rather be but here, but guess what? <laughs> That's how I feel. Getting it in. Never say that. Yeah, yeah. You're right, right now. You're like, you're like, but but the thing is, you don't have, I don't have to explicitly say that, but because of, course, of the things yes. that I'm saying, it's the things that will resonate most with the people who are feeling that exact same way. Yes. And yes. so those people are the ones that like in those moments when I say something and on their side of the camera or on their side of the screen, they're like, dang it, he said right what I needed to say here, right when I needed it most, you know. It's like, it's because of that. It's because I'm in tune with that. And I, I, rather than ignoring that, I tapped into it and I used it to connect. I use it as a medium and I use it as a channel to, yep. you know, connect. It's, it's, it's what people in the business world, they would talk, would say as like uh, having a niche that speaks to one specific type of avatar or persona, rather than like being like bland for many, you're like, you can do really it. like, yeah, yeah, you're on fire. Like someone's on fire for you because it's like, this is really, you know, I'd rather make a meal that's like, really juicy and delicious for for like a few people rather than yeah. something that's like like nah mediocre for like a lot of people right and so i just i take what i'm genuinely feeling and for some people that at the beginning of that being honest like it felt it felt the opposite of authentic because i was like i feel like some classes i'm showing up this way and some this way but, the, but i'm like but that's what human being human is about like i'm never the opposite would be robotic that would be like that would be inhuman Right. And so like some classes, you know, I teach and I'm, you can see visibly, like I'm very passionate. I don't want to be anywhere else, but there I'm very excited. And in some classes I'm more so just like, I'm more, might be more subtle, more subdued, but I'm, yeah. I'm still, yeah, no, I'm, I'm still energized. I'm still, but it's the energy is more like from this kind of place of this, like being centered, grounded, grounded and more yeah. Zen and people inevitably, ironically enough, like it's, people actually come like I get more so many more comments and compliments about like oh I love your class you're so grounded so zen so just like centered and like you you know you should be like a meditation and that kind of thing but it's because I used what I was feeling and I locked into it and I and and I came from that like real place by taking what I was feeling rather than trying to judge it and shove it under the rug no I was like no, paint it differently than it is right exactly exactly you know? just take it Take it and make it useful, right? Don't I think there's a, I mean, that's just vulnerability, right? It's like admitting what's really going on yes. and not trying to yes. hide it. And then everyone yes. else is also experiencing that. And we're all experiencing, like, I feel like micro embarrassments throughout the day of like, if people knew yeah. that I feel like this, they'd think that about me. Yeah. If people knew that yeah. I just farted, they'd think that about me, you know? <laughs> yeah. And it's like, yeah, it's this, or like the potential of embarrassments from right. different right. sources. So if you also, uh, or allow people, 
some right. you give people some grace by saying if you're feeling like this it's okay yeah people are like oh it's okay okay yeah so, you know and i'm like and, and people feel like they're seen they feel seen cannot continue yeah That's well i was saying from the creator side like it's for me it's such a relief or, or from, from the from the producer side i guess you say you're, you're producing mm-hmm. thing right it's such a relief to know that you don't have to feel like it it's okay if you don't feel like it. like right Usually exactly. we interpret don't feel like it as don't do it. Right. And exactly. Obviously, you want to listen to yourself. Like sometimes it's like, I don't think I should jump off this cliff and free dive. Well, then don't do it. But if it's like you're trying <laughs> yeah. to produce some content, yeah. a lot of times, right. for whatever reason, you just won't feel like it. Like you got up on the wrong side of bed, like you're having an issue in your relationship, you uh, are excited or stressed about something else. You're uh just, you know, you're a little bit bored of your content or whatever you're talking about. That day you might not feel like it. But if you anticipate that early and say, it doesn't matter if I feel like it, I've set a goal to create this, then yeah. it goes bigger than your emotional need in that moment. Right. Of, oh, yeah. I don't know if I can do this. It's like, no, higher yeah. self is already committed to doing this. So yes. lower self has yes. to execute on the will right. of God and or higher yeah. self. <laughs> you're absolutely right, man. You're absolutely right. Yeah. You're you're so, and as you're saying this, like I'm thinking about the last purpose. Yeah, exactly. Like I'm thinking about how, like, even just like a week ago, there was a class or like less than a week ago, there was a class that like I, I was teaching, I had to teach and I was like, bro, I do not want, like, I just, oh, yeah. I think it was at its peak, like where I was just like, I just don't, <laughs> but the thing, and I didn't even intentionally, I just kicked into this gear and I didn't even intentionally, I wasn't even trying to be like, okay, what's a way I was just like, I was, I was fine. I was fine knowing that I could potentially do this and it, and it be like from a place of just like, dude, get it over, you know? But then I kicked into this gear where I was just like, you know, I, I, I kind of laughed at myself. I was like, this isn't for you. This is, this has nothing to do with you. are simply a mess. So there's somebody else that you're space for. They're going to see this. And if it's one person, they're going to see this. And this is exactly what they needed. And and who are you to be someone to stand in the way of that by thinking yep. about your own selfish kind of needs and desires? Like this is, and yeah. that for me, it kind of, it over, it allowed me to override because for me, you know, my one of, you know, I think caring is one of my affirmations that I say to myself in the mornings as part of like my, you know, my vision or morning formula that I read to myself is just like caring is my ultimate superpower because human beings will always be willing to do more for others that they care about than they will for themselves. And I believe that. And I think that being the empath that I am, I think that I'm I'm that up turned up like several notches. Not that I consider myself like more empathetic than anybody else, but I think that energetically I'm just very sensitive and and I I, I care deeply. I have a very deep, it might be the Scorpio part of me too, like if you believe in that. But like it's just like the I have this deep, these deep wells of like like emotion that I, you know, it took me a while to actually like acknowledge that and to come to terms with that and be okay and accept that. But like, I, I really do. And so I think when I allow myself to, to really care, see and be aware of and care about who's like, who's like, what's really at stake here? Who's really, who really stands to gain and yeah. or lose something depending on how this plays out. And it's about, it's bigger than me. Um, and it's less, uh, uh, and it's not from like this, noble thing it's not like this noble desire it's really more so from the, it's a decision that i've made for myself in my life it's a decision that i've made with my life that like i i'm here to serve like i'm just here to i'm here to 
the kind of life that I want is one, not that I can't have any kind of like, you know, selfish adventures and play and enjoy and whatever like that. But like all of that is so empty and meaningless. Uh, and I know this from experience. It has, it, it's so empty and meaningless if there's not kind of this bedrock of like service and other, other focused contribution that it's all, it's all based on. Um, and that for me, you know, is it a, it's a decision that I've, I've not only made, but I remind myself of constantly and it allow, I think that's what allowed, makes it so that in those moments when I'm like, oh, oh, oh my God, <laughs> like I kind of like that can override and like that programming is like, it like kicks in. So, yeah. Man, that's, 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 that's such a huge, um, that's such a huge lesson because that, yeah. when I hear that, what I hear is if you have a bigger purpose, it's okay yeah. to be able to, you should be able to withstand more easily the day to day, uh, annoyances, yes. struggles, hassles, yes. hindrances, yes. uh, bullshit, anxiety, yeah. even depression. Um, yes. and also it's, uh, I'm trying to phrase this the best way, especially having a platform. So let's talk about just us influencer because you have this platform, right. right. It creates a responsibility in you to, if your purpose is to serve, then you have to just live through that purpose. And sometimes right that's not always in line with how you're feeling on in that particular moment. Oh, but the no, purpose is, big, is no. bigger than the feeling. Yes. Yes. And I would say that that's absolutely right. And I would say that purpose is the thing kind of like how being in this environment comes consistently pulls out of me a higher level of like high performer, you know, uh, deadline follower that, you know, that I would otherwise just definitely not be because, you know, mm-hmm. Tell you, man, like I, I'm taking, I don't know if you're taking strength finders, you saw like the spectrum of like, and one of the spectrum yeah. is like, it's green color coded, all the yeah. strategy stuff. That's where all five of my top are. I'm the complete opposite of that spectrum or was where all the discipline and all, yeah. the, all, the, all that kind of stuff yeah. that lives there. Yeah, I have same. none of that. I have yeah. none of it. And so each strength is its own counterpoint weakness as deeply as I, and I'm deep in there, man. I'm deep. All of my top five, I'm like very much those. So as deep as I am in those, I also have the, the depth of their, those weaknesses in the the counterpoint areas. (laughs) Yeah. Deficits. And so I am like, so just like how this environment pulls out of me a higher level of that, um, you know, my purpose pulls that only pulls out a higher level of just ability to show up um, when I really, really don't feel like it, uh, which is inevitably when it matters most, right? Because yeah. I saw a quote by James Clear, I think, oh, yeah. not, not so long ago. It's like, it's the days James that you book. don't, yeah, it's the days when you don't want to do it that matter the most. It's the ways, the, day, the bad days matter the most. Because if you can master doing showing up on those days, everything, dude, this is, so my life coach, my life coach recently sent me like, you know, that audience like, dude, listen to this. Somebody else gave me a, re- a suggestion and now you're holding it up right now. I'm like, there's clearly a sign that I need to read this book finally. And I haven't done it. I-, I thought that I got like basically the gist of it, but I think there's clearly like a sign that's saying like, hey. It's great reinforcement. Like, you'll, you'll, you'll find yeah, a couple yeah, things yeah. That'll, that'll, that'll help you. I mean, yeah. dude, you're so right. And I think, um, uh-huh. yeah, I, I just think that uh, there, yeah, there is something like, there is something spiritual to having that, that overarching purpose too. Cause you're like, even it when is. you say, it's very I am tired. I, it's not even about an I anymore. It's not even about the no, I. No, no, no. Which sounds, I know how it sounds, but it's, <laughs> there's a feeling to it. There's a feeling yeah. to it of, even when I'm like, yes, you know, when I'm the most tired, 
I, I like, okay, I'll give you a small example. Yeah. And especially in position of, of like, like when we're yeah. on these devices, especially on these devices, we sometimes don't have a scope for how many people are seeing us and viewing us because it's really hard for humans to picture scope of, of outcome and network effect. We just, we have yeah. a hard time picturing big, big numbers. Yeah. But like I was, I was at a Trailblazers game, a Portland yeah. Trailblazers game a couple months ago with my nephew. And I had a, a guy come up to me in his, I think mid twenties. And he's like, Daniel, you know, oh my God, I've been listening to your work. And he was like, for the past X amount of years and listening to all the different things that I had helped him see and do. And I get stuff like that. And I, I, I always think it's so strange. Enough, frequently enough. When enough. I'm out, yeah. I want, when I'm yeah. out enough to where people are like, are you planning this when I'm here? They'll go people and be like, are you, are you setting this up? I'm like, I'm not setting this up. And I, yeah. my following isn't even that big compared to <laughs> so many other people. But right, right, right. even if you look at through like, like you look at a regular posts and it gets like 800 likes. And yeah. That was almost nothing. That's 800 people who looked at it's that true. and they were like, yeah. you know, and so and we can't think of the scale. Yeah. And so we are yeah. impacting people. So when the stuff that we're doing, we're like, oh, sometimes I yell into this podcast, I'm like, is anybody listening? But then I'm like, oh, there were 15,000 downloads of this podcast. Holy crap. Like, mm. it's almost like it's too much responsibility. <laughs> and I'm like, why are you yeah. still listening to me after all these years? And But but all that to say, like, I let it just, I don't let it be about me personally. I'm like, obviously people need this information. So I'm going to give the information and get out of the way personally. You are providing someone a vehicle to change their life through creating a healthy self-identity. So yeah. you, Chase Tucker, needs to get out of the way of that yeah. overall purpose exactly. Exactly. for someone else's benefit. You're absolutely right. And so much of what you said is, yeah, one about, I wrote down like our human minds can't comprehend the scale of the big numbers of the people that we impact. And that's one of the reasons, and you're so right. Like I, we get habituated. Like, so even if we could comprehend it, we'd, we would get habituated to that. We would like, yeah, there's... like, and I noticed that myself, I get messages literally every day of people telling me that whether they, whether it's just like, Hey, I work out with you today. Like I had a great workout or just like so weird. The, it's the, weird. The, the deeper, the deeper ones that are, yes. you know, that are like really like, and when I first got these, like they would really like pull on my heartstrings. They still do, but like, it would really of be in a second, like, wow. And if, and like, and so I can really, it really helps me kind of gauge my barometer of like how, how much of a vessel am I being? If I see a message that's like really, you know, heartfelt and I kind of just like, oh, cool. I see that in my past long. That's not, no, 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 no. You're not, you're forgetting. You're, you're losing touch. You need to recalibrate. Touch a little bit. But if I see one yeah. of those and I actually sit with it and I, and I sit with it and I look at that person's, their face, like on their icon. And I think, and I, and I am able to like pause and like respond or at least just like the message. And like, I'll screenshot them. And I'll just like save, and I have some of these screenshots, I'm sure, like I probably have hundreds by now, but it's like people who've just like, you know, and just think about like, wow, like how would it feel for me to have my life changed in that way by another human being to the point where I feel compelled to write something to them and let them, like they must know, you know? And when I, when I can see it from that perspective and like to the point where like, if I think about it and if I sit there long enough, I can actually be brought to tears if I... You know, yeah. not that I, you know, I consistently like do that, but I'm like to the point where like, I know I can sense as I'm reading this, like if I sit this long enough, I could actually be, you know, for some certain stories. Think about all the like, changes really that, is. that they're making in their lives as a result of you with their yeah. kids, with their family, exactly. with their friends, exactly. as well as something that happened exactly. something that you said and did. And for you, it was yeah. a throwaway. You might've said a throwaway yeah. comment. <laughs> you know, that's like the deep, people say it to me, like, they'll yeah. me and they'll be like, the deepest thing you ever said was X, Y, Z. And I'm like, what? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but that's, you know 
that's why that I'm sounds so great. That, like, I, yeah, I'm so grateful that I got my life coach. Corey Taylor is his name. He's and I'm so so grateful that I reached out to him. Like when I when I first before I came out to New York, like I, I realized I had the higher, you know, as he says, I had like the higher awareness foresight to realize I'm gonna want somebody who I bring along with me from start to finish on this journey, who's like there to guide me, who's there like almost like my living, breathing diary of like what's happening. Yeah. So they can remind me of oh, like yeah. Chase, remember why you actually started, like remember back then? And so he tells me, he's like, Chase, I think sometimes you get too much in your head and you don't realize that people, they don't even need a full meal for me. Sometimes crumbs will suffice. Like all it is, is a crumb to just like of the the plate of like what you're dealing with. And for them, it's everything. And another quote that he says that I love is like, for some people, your life and what they see of it, the glimpses that they catch on social media or whatever on these classes, it's like, that's the only Bible that they'll, that they'll ever read. And I was like, that hit me. I was like, man, bro, that's nuts. That's like such an insane level of like, responsibility and but not in like this way that i feel like obligation because I, I tend to like resist that sense of like I'll, like i don't like feeling like i just have to but it's more of like that's what a beautiful opportunity to be the person who like this somebody might so resist that which is spiritual or or or, or enlightening or growth uh you know you know self-growth but they might see something i mean it just resonates and pulls them down that path um in a compelling, beautiful, magnetic way. And I'm like, what a beautiful opportunity. And so that just makes me, one, it makes me want to continue to show up. And two, it makes me want to, it really makes me want to make sure that like I'm plugged into like really a really pure source, power source. Cause if I'm tainted, the extent to which I'm tainted and I, I have like residue of either bad emotion or negative, negative emotionality, or just, or just um, mental and awareness, I'm spilling that onto them. And so it's really like, yes. uh, I take it really, take it really seriously. Um, and yeah, but what you said earlier about like it being like almost spiritual thing with purpose, I absolutely see that as being what purpose is. Purpose to me is like so much less about religion. Um, and I know I mentioned the Bible in that quote, but like, that's just, I respect however, you know, God reveals, you know, himself itself to, to everyone. But, but as long as I see purpose so much, I see spirituality so much more as like, what do you see yourself being here for that's outside of you? That's for the greater good beyond you. Um, Cause you're absolutely right. And those moments when you're complaining and like, I, 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 but do I have to, and no matter how justified, here's the thing, no matter how justified you are in that moment, I feel like I don't deserve it. I, 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 you know, there's like a part in the back of your mind, you know, like, you're being like you're being a little bitch like you're just like you know you're like well that's just, like, the, this, is, this isn't about you can you. even come up a with good reasons it's okay you know exactly you, it, exactly it's like it's like if the kids xy if the wife X, that's those are actually legitimate reasons yeah. and still it doesn't matter yeah. exactly. and that is what we can't deal with because the purpose is deeper than uh, all that but it's like oh right. i have to listen to this fuck right, can i just do right. anything else it's yeah. like okay simple example the cold shower in the morning Every morning I do yeah, it. I and in the that. Oregon water, it's real cold. You know, yeah. like I don't yeah. get my ass kicked. And every morning. I wish you're loving I, it right now. <laughs> oh, so hard. And I, but I get scared yeah. every morning, even though I've done it a hundred thousand times, yeah, whatever. Right. Every morning I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm the same way, dude. Okay. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And, and sometimes it's so cold. I'm like, yeah. And you, you stall beforehand. 
like oh, beforehand, yeah. you're like you'll never yeah. stall more than before a cold shower. <laughs> like you'll yeah. you'll like you'll notice you'll notice things like yeah. the, like the decor. Let me like just adjust uh, yeah. that real quick. Let me, let me just, just take, the, the tiles me, out of a ladder. Let me just you know. It's like oh, I forgot just, to like scoop you know, up that. <laughs> it's like with our purpose, like the, the cold shower of our purpose right. is so right. clear and so yeah. potent. And so yes. urgent happening right now. And we have to step Absolutely. into it. And when we step into it, it purifies all the other trash. Like the cold yeah. water purifies your mind, but it's painful sometimes. It's and you got to be a man or a woman yeah. to step in yeah. there and get showered with that. But when you get out, that's what energizes yeah. you. Because you know, when you get out of that cold water, mm-hmm. that's better than a cup of coffee, baby. And imagine yeah, feeling that, like that operating your life. That's your purpose. <laughs> it is. It's like pain, you know? and in that sense, in that way, pain. I'm realizing more and more, not in, in that more than just like a logical way, but like in a felt feeling way. Thanks mm-hmm. to things like cold showers and ways that I like, I intentionally embrace pain. Like as me being a seven, and I'm pretty sure you might be too, but just like me being a seven, you know, pain is just like it's a thing that we tend to avoid the most. And like I've learned to integrate it and be the thing that I love the most because I realize. Because I and I've 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 framed it as like, well, if I hate pain, that means that I hate growth, and that means also that I have I have an Achilles heel, I have a vulnerability or or uh, an attack. What was the thing that that he called it? Um, an attack. Oh, attack like, that's why attack vector. Yes. Pain. I was like, yeah, it's like discomfort. Whoa. I can't let that happen, and so if I, I shy away from discomfort, so, make it so that that's a vector. Yeah, that's a vector, and so like I embrace it. And by embracing it, the knowledge that even if it's painful, it doesn't discount the pain of it, but it makes it hurt. Le- one, it makes it hurt less. Yeah. Two, it makes me it makes me aware, acutely aware of what's on the other side of it. Like, you know, yes. the, you know, and so in the example of like the cold shower, I think of it like as pure, I literally think about it as like the cold water is like washing off like the weakness yes. of me. Reframe. Like it's, 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 it's yeah. burning, yeah, it's burning away the weakness. I'm like, I'm like. I'm like, this I'm is literally thinking in my mind, like, 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 F you pain, like, or like, yeah. F you, uh, F you weak, weakness, like, get yeah. off me. Like, I'm, I'm watching myself of you, right? Yeah. And I'm becoming born anew as this kind of like stronger, more, more strong willed, more purpose uh, infused being, like, you know, every morning. But it's just, yeah, every morning. That's totally. You can't take a shower once, you know, just one time and like, oh, I'm good. Like, it's every, well, it's constantly like, same thing when you're training, you know, when you're doing group training, it's like when you're taking your heart rate yeah. up to its max, it's really hard training. Yeah. It's uncomfortable. So you yeah. still have to kind of psych yourself up to get up there, you know, to like, yeah. to get into that, that peak state. It's the same thing in yeah. jujitsu when you're, when you're really rolling with someone and you're in a deeply uncomfortable situation where you're getting hurt, you know, that you're not getting yeah. injured. So there's a difference. You're not getting injured, but you're right. getting hurt. Right. You have yeah. to be able to be like, okay, this you is love fine. The hurt. Yeah, yeah, this is fine. I'm okay. Like if you're getting choked in the beginning, when you first train, you get choked. You do, you do more time, so you get some of this stuff. So you understand. So if you get choked, yeah. and you're like, I I have alarm bells going off that I should be recoiling right now. But right, you know that you're not going to die, so you have to relax. The same way right. with the water and yeah. through discomfort. Mm-hmm. If we can learn to relax more, even in life, learn to untense yes. a little bit. Learn yes. to you know they they say in the Tao the the gnarled the gnarled branch is the one that doesn't get cut by the saw because when you're flexible and you're more you're more adaptable to change you don't get snatched cut down when changes happen and so you want right. to have some of that that, that uh that flexibility that free flow yes you know and you want to be so you know that's part of it 
part of the game of life. What you're talking about, my friend, is exactly one of the things that I promote in my class. I, I actually speak to this in my classes. I'm, I'm living it out, learning to live out more and more myself. And I think we're all as a collective being asked to do this just because of the nature of the time that we're in. And it's the concept of learning to do hard things in a calm mind, mm-hmm. learning to yes. experience, learning to experience and go through difficulty, discomfort and hard things, but, but not from, not from like a place of like adrenaline or a place of just like gritting teeth. That's unsustainable. Right. And if there's one thing that this time is, is teaching us, it's, it's, it's exposing us that we're some of the things that we've been doing, not quite as, as sustainable as we thought. Right. Um, like for example, we, we used to, we used to be able to simply, you know, be at home and have home energy. Then I go to work and I have work energy that conduces, conducive for work things. Then I go to this bar over here that's conducive for social, socializing energy. And I do, but now we're like so much in one place. We can't rely on external factors to bring about these, this energy conduciveness. We have to be able to create it ourselves and we have to be able to just on command, just be of a different energy right and so that <laughs> i'm learning to i think we're all i'm my I'm myself and i think you know I'm, I'm loving the process as a coach and as an instructor teaching the people that i'm either one-on-one talking to and, and guiding through this or just like through from one to many as an instructor like hey like what if what if this was an opportunity to become more anti-fragile and make it so that yes, no matter you you're, not the, person, you you're not the person you're not the person you're not the person who's now needs for the just the situation and the environment to you be just right, but rather, rather you're now the rock that no matter how, just like Marcus Valle says, no matter how much the waters rage around it, the new wave is coming. Only, it not only remains unaffected by, it, but it actually becomes stronger and more yes. centered and more reliant on its in- ability yes. to cultivate inner inner peace and groundedness yes. and centeredness to create whatever energy it needs to do the task at hand in the best way that's the most sustainable, right? Yes, you're speaking my language. Because the wave is coming either way. So it's just acknowledging that. Hence, new wave. I like that name. That's new wave. I think it's so fitting. It's so fitting. You know, with Anti-Fragile, one of the things I love to quote about uh, Nicholas, Nassim Nicholas Leb, uh, who wrote that book, he talks about the idea of archetypes. And we'll wrap it here in a bit. He talks about yeah. the, the role of archetypes in society. He says, whenever you work in a job that has a uniform, like a doctor with a white coat, police with a you yeah. know, uniform, or even a lawyer with a suit, you have a yeah. certain level of expectation over you that you can't break yeah. that avatar because there are rules around it. And that creates frivolity right. because you feel afraid to step out of those boundaries. And if you do, it's seen as mm-hmm. wrong. Whereas the artist doesn't have the archetype and the artist mm. doesn't have a uniform. The artist can do whatever. Nope. Whatever they want right. to do, and they can't be judged for it because there's no standard exactly. of breaking. Exactly, um, and in fact, they're actually expected to be the one to break the standards. Correct. Correct. Yeah. So, so what you're saying made me think of that. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's just like the ability Absolutely. to the ability to adapt, the ability to not be locked into some way that society thinks we need to be. If you have a job, not being afraid to break out of that mold, you know, and try something new. If you, if you have a business, yeah. not being afraid to pivot, to reinvent yourself. I mean, shit, even Facebook rebranded. What does that say for you? Yeah. <laughs> you know, you can rebrand your whole life. And they have a bigger tanker to, to turn than you do. I um, It's so funny that you say that because, you know, and again, I appreciate you having me on this podcast. I, I can, I have a feeling that this won't be the, this will be, this will be the first of maybe a, more times to come, but oh, yeah. I'm actually currently in a time right now that, you know, I'm in 
probably my one of my bigger seasons of reinvention. Um, and it's like in a very intentional and like fun and desirable way. I'm like, I'm literally writing out like the, the traits of my character. Like I'm designing him. I'm designing him before I like shed this and step into him. And it's you got that wisdom now. Right. And so the um yeah, just like the yeah, just the concept of just like you know, like you said, adapting, being anti-fragile, being the person who's like, am I am, am, is my identity, my identity is only as powerful and only as useful to the extent that it doesn't limit me and it doesn't hold me back from doing what I need to do and shifting and adapting to the to the to the to the shifting tides or the landscape, you know? Um because yeah. the 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 quote you know that I love so much still stands is like it's not the strongest that survives, um, it's not the strongest, it's that which is most adaptable to change, and yeah. like and this time more than ever I think we're really being asked to to dive into that concept more than ever because there's so much it's this paradox of like there's not only is there so much changing around us but there's also in our immediate surroundings so much that isn't so much that just stays the same of just like us being in the same home, same room, the same people. Like, and so we have to learn to change. We have to learn to shift and adapt and change that, which normally we didn't have to. And we're being asked to also become rooted, centered peace, you know, cultivating to, to avoid being too swayed or moved by the things that are too, are, are chaotic um, in such a way that we're not just being resilient, right? Cause that's not good enough. It's, but we're actually being strengthened from that. So well, well said, Chase. Uh, where can they, where can yeah. they, where can they find more of you? Where can they reach out? Well, find, find me on Instagram at Chase Tucker. Twitter is the same, except I've got like an underscore after my name. But we'll put it in the um, also, yeah, and then uh, ChaseTucker.com. It's not up and running now, but if anybody wants to check this in the future, chances are it might be up and running by then because it's it's one of the things. This that is the I'm podcast doing. of the future, so they yeah. only will check into the future. Yeah. That's right. There you go. There you go. Cool. So, uh, you know, Twitter, Instagram, uh, Chase Tucker for sure. Yeah. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. I'm really honored. Like, yeah. uh, yeah, means a lot. My friends, that concludes today's episode of The New Wave Entrepreneur. I hope you really enjoyed uh, the show that we had today. And I have a couple other episodes in the can uh, ready for you guys to listen to. In fact, there's something new that I'm unveiling for you. And we've actually found a treasure trove of content that I thought was lost forever. And we found this content. I'm going to be revealing some of this on the podcast later this week, as well as some other gems for you. I got some solo podcasts planned. I have some new podcasts with guests that have already been recorded in the can. I'm looking forward to sharing those with you as well. If you're not part of our community and you haven't already subscribed to the podcast, make sure you go ahead and do that. Newwaveentrepreneur.com is where you can go to find all the updates that we have. And of course, the workshops that are coming up, including the Peak Performance Workshop, which is on sale right now to get early bird tickets. Uh, that's newwaveentrepreneur.com forward slash VIP. All right, that's it, my friends. The water is warm and the tide is rising. Let's get ready to surf this new wave. <laughs>